You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. Yo, this is Tech Nine on Wake the Flock Up. Uh, so hurry up and do it. Wake the flock up. Tech nine, baby. Wake the flock up. Immortal technique. You know what it is, baby. Bang, bang. Yo, this is, this is D Spawn. I'm chilling with my man Concept. And this is Wake the Flock Up. Yo, what's the deal? It's yours truly, the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeff, checking out Wake the Flock Up. You're the reason why I do what I do. And I started a list a long time ago uh-huh. with all the artists I've ever wanted to interview. I know your list. I follow you. Okay, okay. You. I read all your tweets. I appreciate yes, you doing you that. said this is your mission. It was my to mission. Come here. Absolutely. And if you didn't get this interview. My wife won't let me go home, Sway. So you okay. got to give me 10 minutes of your time. And on if it wasn't bro. for your wife. Yes. Because I know she's a beautiful woman. Yes, she is. Who keeps that house. Household together, right. so I want to make sure she got a beautiful man to come that Understanding that again, because I think the face is emceeing mm-hmm. and commercially they're black. But yeah. I'll even say this as someone who goes to hip hop shows all the fucking time and it's involved in that and on that level, yeah. Uh, dude, there's not that many black kids, you know what I'm saying? Like the majority will be white, Hispanic ch- kids that yeah. are rapping, like those are yeah. the dudes that are the independent hip hop. That's what yeah. independent hip hop looks like, yeah, yeah, you know. And it's important to point that out. I mean, of course, there's 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 blacks and you know there's even Asians and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But of the majority of kids involved you're gonna see are gonna be Hispanics and yeah. they're gonna be uh you know whites and, and that's yeah. that's what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so but breaking is it still is it still an element that's very much um dominated by a certain race, you think? No, or? it's just very diverse. You know, there's yeah. not I wouldn't say that it's dominated by anybody specific or any group specifically. I think you have different B-boys from different ethnicities that are really dominant and I mean, you know, they that do a lot, win a lot, yeah. and influence a lot. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not just one specific thing, you know, but yeah. It's it's cool to see that breaking has is, is one of the most diverse movements where you know, I feel like successfully or to be successful and rap, for example, it's like majority of the success comes from African American guys, right? Uh or African American artists and breaking you can be from anywhere and be the top. Again, because you can't debate it. You yeah. can't say, oh, he's not good. And you can't say, well, I got a cousin that owns a label, so don't worry. I got you. You can't get deals like that. You, yeah. The only way you're going to get a deal as a... As, as talent. A talent speaks. Strictly talent, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I love the to prove, to like come up and be like, yo, you can't... MCing is the only element where you can know someone and then get a deal off of that. 
and not have to be good. <laughs> you, you know That's what I mean? Crazy, yeah. It's 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 damn true. Because if you, if you, either one of the other elements take some kind of physical showing skill, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know. So it's I think it's important to talk about that. But you said you're from Northern California originally. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When did you make it down to San Diego? I moved to San Diego in 2009. So yeah, been, uh, what eight, nine years now. Nine years now. Yeah. But where does the uh, where does the where does the bite you? Where does the little hip hop bug? Where's the what? You, you know, like when does hip hop come into your life? Like when does it start? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I think uh, hip hop came into my life through music first because of my older brother. Uh, I would say in the late 80s when I first moved to America. We were living in L.A. and he started listening to hip-hop, which to me was very foreign. I, I never really heard it, you know, coming from Mexico. What age is this? I was about uh, seven years old. So you're Mexican? Yes, I was where, born in Mexico. Where? Where in Mexico? In Guadalajara. Oh, shout out. Me too. I'm, I'm sure we talked about this. Yeah. Well, I'm not born from there, but my parents are there. My family yeah, yeah. has a passport. Yeah, my family is from dope. Michoacan. Cool. But I'm from, I was born in Guadalajara. Yeah, cool. So yeah. So you're a Mexican kid, and then you have other brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got two brothers, but one's older, and, and through him is how the... the just hip hop in general kind of gets introduced into my life. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I, in Mexico, I had seen people break, but that's as a kid. My par- the only reason I know this is because my parents told me that I, they used to take me to this park and these kids would perform there every Sunday. Uh-huh. They would just do street shows, but I would just sit there and watch them break over and over and yeah. over. So when I saw breaking and I st- when I started hearing the music in the late 80s, it was just like mainstream stuff, mainstream stuff, you know, like it was like MC Hammer. I don't know whoever else was being played on the, in the yeah. 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Digital Underground was like big, you know. Like, sure, Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah so my brother was bumping like that type of stuff or whatever sure. here on the yeah. radio, you know. Then we moved to Northern California, and uh, then I started watching MTV. He would watch MTV. He was old. He's in high school already, so yeah. he had a, you know, as a teenager, you're gonna try and be into the cool shit. Sure, sure. So you know, at that then at that point, like '92, I started listening to like whatever all that stuff like snoop fucking yeah, dr dre yeah, like everything yeah. you know uh and then uh right before i started breaking he started getting more into like the east coast sound like he had like tribe called quest black mm. sheep mm. beastie boys and all that type of stuff you know and so he'd have yeah. the full albums uh and i would be bumping that shit in my in my house you know so and that was i would say like 93 94 and then 94 when i started uh, going to junior high in seventh grade uh, there was this kid that was breaking on our school breaks and then uh he was he came from sacramento and he was actually doing some some good like decent movement you know like windmills and shit like basic stuff but it was, he looked very advanced for the time and then um after that all these kids that i went to school with since i was like, in third grade out there they they started breaking i didn't even know they break i just went to school dance and they break and we're like oh shit like yeah that's tight you know um but even then, I still wasn't, like, going to try it, but I, w- I really liked watching it. And then um, these older kids came into the show in in January of 95, and they were older, as they, so they were more advanced. They were in high school, and they, like, they'd been doing it a little bit longer dope, than everybody. Dope, yeah. So when I saw them do all that stuff they were doing, it was like, oh, shit, it was blown away. And, like, just, like, the atmosphere, the, the response that they got, it was just like, I want to do that, you know? Uh, so after that, I started breaking right then and there. That day, I went home to my friend's house, and we just started breaking in, in his living room. And I never stopped breaking. And that's since all then. she wrote. Huh? That's all she wrote. Since that day, I never stopped breaking. Damn, dude. <laughs> to say you've been involved in anything for 20 plus years is a long yeah. time, especially not being like 60. Right? Yeah. Then, then you know, I've been doing, okay. Yeah. But when you're like, yeah, but I'm 30. Like, oh, okay. Well, then yeah. you, you know, when you were 
for it, I think it's also um, important to point out a couple of things. Like, so people are like, oh, you know, this guy's the greatest, and this guy's the greatest. Yeah. And and I always always think about like the age that they reach that greatness mm-hmm. really tells you whether they're a, one of the greats or not. Yeah, yeah. Because if look, if you have a 19 year old like let's say idea, mm-hmm. and he's just battling MCs like slaughtering, yeah. he's 19, bro. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the fact that hip hop has dawned on him yeah, at yeah. that level at that age, that's crazy. you got to pay attention to why. You know, I think yeah. that's what makes people special. Yeah. To to be able to. Uh, to, to successfully make a career out of breakdancing, yeah, that's an accomplishment. Yeah, right. You 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 had to work very hard to get there. Definitely, right. Yeah. <laughs> but let, let's say let, yeah. let's talk back a little bit. Oh, you got it. You're doing it. What does moms and dads say when you take it back to the house? Uh, at first, it's just like you know, it's cool to them. It's just like they're they see it as a. Uh, um, as an outlet for me, you know, uh, a lot of the kids in, in my community and kids that grew up around us, they weren't, in the, they didn't go in the same direction, you mm-hmm. know, so they got into other things, got into bad shit, you know, so mm-hmm. it was, um, it was very common for kids to get caught up in the wrong things back then at that time. Right. So they were just happy that I wasn't involved in that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, like fighting and like gang shit. So it was it was good that to them they were like, Oh, this was a positive outlet. Uh, so at first they, they liked it, they found it interesting. Um, as I started getting older they, they, they kinda would started getting scared of what I was doing because they didn't see where this could go because there's nothing there's no set example with breaking right so when you have immigrant parents that all they know is work and the best thing that they know is that you just need to go to school because mm-hmm. they couldn't get an education in mexico mm-hmm. so they're just telling you to get an education and get a job because that's the way they're raised and that's how that's all they see that's all they see that's yeah. all they know for generations right so when when your parents that are raised that way and see the world that way see their their, their middle child you know kind of doing something that has no there's no guaranteed future in it right. you know what i mean you don't see it, it, it doesn't exist <laughs> exactly there's no like hey you know billboards of you know no no there's like yeah. hey this is a new thing yeah exactly that people are starting to live off of because mm-hmm. still even at that even in the 90s it still had only been around maximum 20 years yeah exactly right? it's still new yeah it's still very new yeah. and even then at, at the time when i started it was it wasn't even in studios you know what I mean? It's so still, it's still strictly, street, strictly shit. street shit. Strictly yeah. like you have to know somebody or you have to be in a city where they do it. And yeah. then luckily maybe the kids carry it out. So I would say at that time that I started, it would be, I would, a lot of people I've met, you know, I would say that's when like breaking hit the suburbs mm. like heavily. Yeah. Like the suburbs of the big cities right. because before it was a lot of city kids doing it and then it spread out into to the suburbs of yeah. cities, you know, and uh-huh. that's when we got hit with it and then it just... <laughs> Right, you know, but, okay. It so, so it comes out. How many years down the line before you realize, like, oh, this is what I'm gonna do? Well, you know, I I didn't realize. The thing is, at that point, already people like Kenny can swim, Crazy Legs, um, certain guys that had been doing it from the Mr. Wiggles uh, that had been doing it from you know the late '70s and maybe took off some time off in the late '80s mm-hmm. and then started doing it again. They, those guys were surviving from the dance already as a profession in yeah. a way. So they were the first to create the blueprint of how to like make money as a dancer. 
And then you got promoters that were throwing events, which created the platforms to keep people hired. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that was like the beginning. So I would say I started noticing that in like 98, 99, when I started hearing about guys making money from breaking. Mm -hmm. So I was only three years into it, but mm -hmm. that felt like such a far reach, you know, because these guys were in theater doing shows like in Vegas or this off-Broadway tour that they were doing called Jam on the Groove. Um, that was like our for me as a young kid. I was like, oh, they they make money doing that. Like that's like it seems like that's the way to make it, right? Yeah. But it was not guaranteed because that means first you even got to get recognized by right. these people, right, 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 and get acknowledged that you're dope at this shit, and that uh -huh. they even want to involve you in the show like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, there was no real way, uh, and it wasn't until uh, I went to an event in Miami in 1999 where I saw a lot of the pioneers, uh, like firsthand. You know, I saw them in LA at an event as well. But then when I saw them in in, uh, in Miami at the prime, it was like, whoa, like it was a different vibe, different kind of, you know, it was East Coast hip hop in a way where I saw it differently than, than the West Coast. Uh, and it, you can just see how indented the culture is in some of those communities. So that's when I was like, oh, shit, you can like some people survive from this for real, you know. Yeah. So um, that's when I started realizing that it was possible. But I didn't even think that I was going to be pursuing it for real like that till about 2000. 2003 is when I started realizing that it's like okay I can start doing this like, mm -hmm. for work you know yeah. I started doing small shows yeah. started doing uh, you know winning more battles um, started that's when I got my first trip abroad was in 2003 was through performances mm -hmm. so that's when I first started seeing that there's a way to maybe do this you know yeah. and in the meantime we're working regular jobs yeah or yeah I was working at Trader Joe's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, that's what's up. Hey, yeah. hey, you were doing things, but uh, winning competitions. Yeah, I was winning a few competitions at, at when I when that happened, uh, like 2000 to 2002. I, I wasn't winning too much. I was kind of going through a weird transition in my life from you know uh, being in high school and always you know not having responsibilities to having responsibilities, getting a girlfriend, and transitioning into this like adult, adult life. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it was like. Uh, I wasn't ready for that shit, so it was like it threw my game off and my breaking. So I wasn't, I was active, but not to the level I could have been, and I wasn't winning as much as I have when I first started. Mm -hmm. So, so is there a difference between, let's say, uh, a breaker that's a competition breaker and just like a a professional? Nowadays, there is yes, and, and like a battle breaker, there is. There is now, yeah. Okay. I would say now, you know, so you got to look at it. In the 90s, there wasn't so many events happening and the events weren't as accessible to us. So a lot of us didn't have cars. We were teen I was a teenager, you know, yeah. I was only like 15, 16 years old. So mm -hmm. I couldn't I couldn't go to events. I didn't have a car. It was, you know, for me to go to Frisco was an hour away, hour and like hour and a half. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, unless there was an event in my town, then that's when, the, when I could go. So back then... The idea of breaking was to just be as dope as you could, you know. So you had to find what was dope. You had to define what was fresh or what was hip hop to you. So you had to find the style that you dug and you kind of uncovered and you you made your style, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas today, uh, people are specifically breaking just to win competitions or they're dancing to compete. Mm -hmm. Back then, we were breaking to break. I didn't battle for three years before. Mm -hmm. I didn't enter a contest after three years yeah. of my breaking, so I break to just be fucking dope. Yeah. I was like, yo, I want to smoke all the kids in my neighborhood or I want to be the best in Sonoma County. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, It was about earning my stripes in that way where like, I wanted to respect more than I wanted to win the contest, right? So it wasn't until contest started coming around that that changed the whole thing. And once the competition became more accessible for, for people worldwide, then that's when it, it, was, it changed the whole dynamics, you know? And, and people are breaking 
and developing styles specifically for the stage where as before people were developing the styles to just be the next dope cat in the game mm. so when we say competitions they're not always competing against someone else like you do you just walk up and like it's a stage and you break dance and then they judge you no you, they- you battle somebody i mean you still got to be dope when you're on stage yeah. but it's not the same format because now it's like dope is already defined so what you consider dope and a dope style is already defined. If you top rock like this guy, do footwork like this guy, do power moves like this you, guy. If you copy this guy, you can do that. If you if you yeah. kind of take the, the, the formula of certain individuals, then you can start winning, right? Uh-huh. That's all it takes now. Whereas it's like breaking this package now to like be able to present it. Oh, I see. Because you're discovering them as you go. Yeah, we were discovering them. You're the, the creators of the moves that people are copying now. To I wouldn't say that some of us were the innovators. I wouldn't say create because I, I have this view on like creation and yeah. all that because... I got influence from people before me, right? Yeah. So, uh, yes, we innovated. So there was a lot of innovation in the '90s from what was left off in the '80s. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of individuals had a lot of influence in, in the '90s, right? So that was the foundation of what's now, yeah. in a way, you know. Besides the the OGs that came before us, they also paved the way, right? But yeah, there was a lot of innovation in the '90s, a lot of risk taking. A lot of different unorthodox styles and breaking that were like, whoa, shit. Like nowadays, you don't see so much, as much of that as, as before. But mm. it's not wrong or it's not in a bad place. It's in a good place, but it's just the approach is a little different. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, people don't go to jams and just get down and battle people. Right. Or you don't just go to, a lot of people won't just show up to an event. They're, they only go if there's a contest. And then the contest is they don't win the battle or they don't make it past the prelims and they go home. Mm. So before. They don't support. They don't support us yeah. much. So before it'd be like you go to the gym, be like, "Fuck, I'm here to get down." And you get into cipher battles. Yeah. You know, the jam would change into like a night jam, and then you're getting down. Whereas now it's like, okay, we're here for the prelims. All right, we got 400 contestants. One, two, three, four. Okay, cool. Pick your top 32. Cool battle. Boom. Okay, done. There's no like culture, like the culture part of like the whole movement where it's a jam and everybody's kind of just vibing. Only some events hold that core, but it's hard to find it. You know. Right. 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 So let's say uh, a competition is going on and someone who, uh, who is not a b-boy, mm-hmm. right? S- some of the dance moves, do they mean something to b-boys that I wouldn't pick up on? For sure, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, okay, because uh, I'm watching something and to me it doesn't seem that impressive, yeah. but everyone in the crowd is like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, wait, did I miss something? Yeah, like, what's yeah, going on? Yeah. So th- is there like a secret? Yeah, there's a style, you know, the style, the details of the game. It's like, uh, it's like a science. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, the science of breaking is beyond what you visually see. So mainstream wise, uh, you know, the media, well, not the media, but just what attracts people is the dynamics of breaking, right? The spinning, Mm -hmm. the stuff that looks like you're defying gravity. But for the people on the scene, once you do those moves, it's like, okay, you got that. That's cool. What can you do with those moves, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. what can you create out of that? Mm -hmm. That's that's where the value lies in the art, right? Mm -hmm. So to the masses, it's simple to be like, oh, that guy did like a really high flip and he did double backflip and this guy did a fucking crazy move that I've never seen before. That looks cool, but once you do that over and over and over and over, then what else is left? And comes the art part where you gotta be creative and you gotta innovate and you gotta learn how to dance on the music and be 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 one with the music. You know, you gotta know how to flow with the beats and play with the beats. So the you know intricacy that you utilize in your footwork and in, in your burns and your freezes, like all that shit with the music combined, that's more valuable and that's where the style comes in. That's where you find people's styles. It's like, oh, that guy moves this way and it's very unique and it's very creative in the way he's moving and connecting all the dots that make breaking. Whereas if one guy just comes out and does one big move, it's like, that's cool and shit, but if you ain't dancing on beat, if you don't look fresh, if you look whack, like you're not gonna beat the guy that does all the simple stuff. Mm. 
So it's interpreted by different people for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. That's the beautiful part. Well, that's art, right? It's yeah. however you're looking at it. It depends who's looking at it, how important that piece of art is going to be. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. with that. I like that a lot. That's something that, again, you can't... I, be, uh, I have to kind of find a balance because when people go like, oh, hip-hop, and they think I'm seeing right away. Mm-hmm. But it has so many different kind of um, elements surrounding it because now, let's say the original the original four are there, but now even those have evolved to be, to be different things. Yeah, it's like subcultures. Subcultures, right? Yeah. And, and, and scene definitely has that. You yeah, know, yeah. DJing definitely has yeah. that. And, you know, now, so, what would you say is kind of the uh, the mumble rap of breaking? <laughs> uh, I don't know if we have like what you would consider a mumble rap and breaking yet. I think, I mean... Shit, let me see. Let me think right now. Hold on, because <laughs> somebody posted something like that yeah. recently. But it's like you can't. I think what it would be is like premature b boys that like guys that are, you know, haven't put in the full work to to become established mm-hmm. and are trying to already sell themselves as a professional. Mm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like a lot of us didn't speak up or even start teaching classes i didn't start teaching a class or a workshop in the scene mm-hmm. till 12 years after i started breaking well if look if you, you know, were breaking all of you were breaking two years like bro you're not teaching a class but that's the thing though <laughs> that's 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 that, that's what i would consider what is mumble breaking now is yeah. guys that are prematurely selling themselves as, as like something that they still haven't even matured in yeah you know what i'm and saying and that's all bad for everyone involved of course, not yeah. just them it makes you guys look bad because now yeah, you lose the I value hi- yeah if i hire a one a guy and expect him to be dope and he's only around two years then the guy that's been around 12 is not going to get that job because yeah. you know the expectations of, go, of course but that's where the mm. game's fucked up you know mm. because in terms of uh, in terms of that everybody's just hungry for success everybody's hungry mm. to be established when this breaking was not about that before you yeah. know that's what i mean with the difference like with competition and yeah. guys before like, I didn't of course I would take the shit if it was there but I, I mean I probably wouldn't anyways because I was so focused on just battling and mm-hmm. being dope that yeah. I didn't really care to get the job it yeah. was like oh I'm gonna fucking do this boom 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 I wanna go you know go battle overseas like my first gig overseas I didn't get paid to do a show I went out there just cause I went out there Yeah, never been yeah. cool you know then the next thing you know I got flown to France to battle Crazy. and I was like alright dope and then I won my first battle abroad you know and yeah. then even then I still wasn't vocally out there trying to share like my shit yet you know it's like i had to wait like 10 four years before i even spoke up and it was after like validation from the ogs that was like this was legit it's um it's something when you can give yourself props yo my shit's the dopest my shit's the dopest and you do your little thing and stuff but it's when the elders go like yo that shit was dope yeah, you gotta de- that's I think now you can really start taking yourself seriously. Yeah, and I'm not saying don't take it seriously to begin with, but really pay attention to why this person that's in your league, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, in the same element, tw- ten years ahead of you goes, hey, that's dope. Yeah. Okay, good. Now you whatever you're doing, keep de- focus that up, right? Yeah, yeah, keep building that. But it's so easy, and the whole point is to rebrand yourself in hip hop. Like it takes. A certain type of ego to say, yo, my name's not George no more. I'm Concept. Yeah, yeah. I'm Concept, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes a certain vibe to introduce yourself to people as Concept and not yeah. George. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. But you should definitely um, be realistic with yourself. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, you got to be honest. Yeah. So was there a moment? So the, the moment that you said that, that you knew was going to happen... Uh, for you, do you remember that moment? Like, or was it like a, after a certain battle or a certain? No, I mean it's not that I knew it was gonna happen. I just started seeing the possibilities of it, you know. And it was just when I started, like when I went abroad for, for yeah. the shows, and you know, my mentor kind of guy, this guy that mentored me, Gremlin, Zulu Gremlin, 
um, he was one of those guys that had been breaking since the 80s and mm-hmm. he was able to make a profession out of it yeah. and I just he threw events right. taught workshops he did shows he did other styles of, of hip hop dance which is popping and locking uh-huh. so he was already like understood the business you know so he kind of just kind of guided me in yeah. terms of understanding that but even then I still didn't know what my avenue was because for him he had like many different resources right you can produce beats for rappers you can do that sell that you can teach workshops you can create shows he understands he understands theater i didn't understand theater i just know battling so it's like where's my where does my like which lane is mine right and my lane has been battling the whole time so i was able to build a career from battling and competing so that's kind of that was my outlet but the thing is that the battling and competing at you know lane is one of the hardest lanes to, to pursue because there's you know you're being judged so for you to make ends meet you have to win the competition you know so that's there's that's a like purity the risk. yeah there's a risk that. you're taking and that's the role i chose yeah you know and even then at that point like 2004 2005 it was i was still competing at events locally so it, at, you know people normally that establish themselves within like five six years at their time in their primes back in the 90s they wouldn't compete locally as much anymore because you know it's like i built a status so it's like my status has to keep rising and mm-hmm. it's understandable at that time for what it was but i just kept battling and in some ways you hurt your you hurt your name sometimes but at other ways it, it helped me build my name more it still sounds to me like at the end of the day we're like oh yeah i don't do it but if the, if you keep killing it yeah you're like dude you just you just fucking gonna kill it yeah, yeah just, exactly so that's kind of like it just yeah. kept unfolding for me and you know one thing led to the next and you know winning consistently you know uh winning every battle i entered individually also helped and then winning uh at its time which was like the biggest one-on-one in the world which was uk championships mm-hmm. in england uh winning that one you know that shit when we say door. winning how many how many did we beat how many did we beat out to win what does that mean to win so what to win what the uk champs yeah let's that one specific what does that take well I ha- at that point i had a battle four people yeah uh but at that time they were inviting like the top guys in the world right so it featured uh two korean guys that at that time were considered to be like the best competitive guys in the world basically like the defending champion i battled him in the semis and the guy that was the number one contender to win that year i beat him in the finals so you know and i'm in a way the way i break is not made for those stages but i was able to go there and, and beat all those guys mm-hmm. which and, is and my style and who decides who wins what is the this? judges and there's specific judges that they're they understand breaking they're yeah they've been breaking mm-hmm. or understand the game or yeah. been in the game long enough to understand what they're seeing and are able to articulate what is being done on the floor so it's a safe to say rockstar is one of the best M- uh, b-boys in the world <laughs> Uh, I mean, I let my peers speak, but yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, I gave you, but say. I mean, statistically speaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's on book. Yeah, on yeah. book, yeah. Record-wise, yeah. yeah. Are, are we t- one, two, three? Like, do you know? Uh, no, there's no real rankings like that, but I mean, I've won 102 tournaments in my career. Yeah. So 102 tournaments in my career, is, not many people have reached that milestone. Are There have been, though, people that have reached that? There's people that, I mean, I made my list public, so that's yeah. the whole thing. So until I, I see other people's list, then I can see, like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm sure there is, though. I'm not. I mean, someone I, at one point I'm had sure to come to you and be like, hey, did you know that this is your 102nd victory? No, I, I kept track of it. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. You so I've been tracking yeah. it since yeah. 98. But I started tracking it in, like, 2002. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Now let, let, let's let's break. I got. We're gonna move on, but I got a little, there's more uh, logistical questions. So you you mentioned the difference between breaking and mm-hmm. pop and locking, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that they're completely different? They're beams, totally all different dance forms. But they've been combined. No, they're all still their own in dance. Okay. So breaking yeah. is breaking. Uh-huh. That's that's like you know that's the original hip hop dance is breaking. Then locking and popping got adopted. Locking and popping are West Coast dances. Locking was created by Don Campbell. Popping, uh, I want to say, like it's kind of like a, the history of it is very spread, but Fresno is considered to be Boogaloo and is originating from I want to say Fresno, California, and. Um, those two dances got adopted by hip hop because yeah. of urban dances that mm-hmm. come from a certain era when hip hop first was, you know, in its creating, like in its early years. You know? So you wouldn't put them with the breaking element. <laughs> they're part of hip hop dance, yes, yeah. but they're their own dances. Uh, so you don't, okay, you know, you don't break and pop mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh-huh. They're, right. all, they're different. It's not it's like doing ballet and then salsa at the same time. You don't do that. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? So I think that's another misconception that is out there in breaking, you know, is people would say, oh, you you pop lock. You do that pop lock. And it's like, no, it's popping and locking, right? Yeah. So locking is first and popping is after. Mm. And um, yeah, they're, they're their own dances. People specifically work on those crafts on their own and, and master it. Yeah. And are pushing the levels of those dances to, right. to new levels as well, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, they're part of hip hop culture, yes, yeah, but they're not. But they're not, completely different they're dances. Completely dances. Yeah, they're uh, different dances. Okay, dope. But yeah, that's the thing, though. I think from the 80s and the way it was portrayed in mainstream films is that it's all together, right? Yeah. Which is, it is, but you don't Yeah, I do figured it was just natural, like, progressions of it. Yeah, yeah. But when you talk about, like, a, a professionally, they don't, they're not, they're completely different things. Yeah, totally different. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just figured they, like, were born from each other. Yeah. That's all I thought, you know. Uh, they're okay. all in the, under the same umbrella, but yeah. they, they, um, they all, you know, they're all their own thing. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't want to make you blush or nothing, but let's talk a little bit about accolades and, and successes and stuff. Like that. Yeah. <clears throat> what, what, what was the first competition you ever won? The first competition I won was in uh, July of 1998. It was a one-on-one at a dance called Escape, mm-hmm. and it was in Santa Rosa, California. It was um, all the local talent from Santa Rosa, yeah. and uh, yeah, I won the competition. How long it, did it take you? Do you remember to get ready for that? To like. It's just all those three years of, of battling fools and ciphers. It just build up. It just build up. Yeah, I mean the thing, you know, it was I would battle everybody. Like before, it, you know, when you're young and you're a kid, it's like you challenge, like the, the you know, you want to battle everybody, you want to challenge everybody, yeah, see for sure, yeah. how good you are, yeah. where you're at. Yeah. So three years of that shit, and then finally, <laughs> like entering my first contest and losing in April of '98, I want to say. So you lost the first one you were in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we, me and my boy entered, and we were like the local like guys that we had the name, and everybody expected us to win. And then we lost to these guys from that were out of towners yeah. from the other city, you yeah. know. And they were like our rivals, and we lost them in the first round. It's what like, legitimately what? though? Yeah, yeah. You gave you give it to them. You say yeah, you yeah. Did they beat, beat us. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. We just did moves. We weren't even breaking. Like our styles weren't even presented. Yeah. They actually. And this is you and a partner. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it was a two on two. So we yeah. lost that battle. Yeah. It was disappointing. Uh, but after that, we battled them in the cipher where there was no judges, and we went at it for hours. Yeah. You know. But the my mentor, ground levels mentor named Shaw One. He came up to me there and he's like, why didn't you do none of that in the contest? Because he saw me in the cyphers battling these guys. Mm-hmm. And he asked me why I didn't do none of what I did there in the contest. And I was like, oh, shit. It didn't occur to you? It, it just, because, you know, when you see videos and you're a kid, you easily get influenced. Yeah. And what I was seeing at the time was just like, move, 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 move. Um, instead of like fools just connecting their shit, right? right. 
So then after that, that's my approach into that one battle. The one-on-one that I did right after that, my approach was like, do rocks right. Yeah. Well, rocks right doesn't the ciphers do that in the battle? Mm. And once I did that, it was like I started you, winning. You've just polished that, you think? That mentality of do me. Don't yeah. worry. You just yeah. kind of define what it means, now, yeah. right? Yeah. So what about now? Let's say you have a battle coming up. How long would it take you to get ready? If whatever uh, that means for you. Well, to be serious, serious yeah. for like a top, top world battle, uh, individually for a solo one, I would say three months. Three months at least. At least, but that means you're gonna battle leading up to it as well, you know, because. Um, you know, it, where I'm at and the way I'm doing it now professionally is different than when, when you're just home training, right? I don't have that type of time to train anymore. Like, I don't have time to, you know, stay at home for three months, like three months steadily and just break, 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 break. Or a whole year of that is impossible for me now, you know, especially when I'm making money from the dance. I can't sit still for more than a month, you know? It's like I'm catching a flight every week. Sure. Or, you know, or twice a month minimum is like I'm catching a flight twice a month. Yeah. To you get know. to the next, to the next, you know, yeah, I'm gonna sure. go to like, for example, I was just in Germany, judging uh, battle of the year, you know, the yeah. qualifier there, and that was two days of work. Then I leave from there to Berlin, I practice there one day, then I catch a flight to Sweden, I teach a workshop there, I watch a battle, then I come home, yeah. and you know, then I'm here actually now for ten days, and then I leave tomorrow to Brazil to yeah, go judge right. another event, yeah. come back for a day, and then go to Puerto Rico for another event. So, yeah. you know, I technically won't have a weekend off till the end of June. Yeah. So, okay, so it's hard to be consistent. And and, and then when uh, you were you, you were just you you didn't know who was coming up right up when you were you didn't know who you were gonna battle. No, no, you don't even. I mean, now you don't. Now unless you're going to an event where the invited competitors are already on the list, then you'll know who's on the lineup. But before you would just show up, sign up, yeah, and it's like whoever. But now you, you, you not get. at your level, not anymore, right? You don't just yeah, you show can still up. do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure you can. No, I still do. Yeah. You still should show still, up. Yeah, to the thing is, there's no structure. Dude, that's not for, fair. There's no structure for competitive breaking. Hold though. on, hold on. You can't be like, <laughs> yo, there's a people. Right, I'm signing up. Like, no, yeah, bro. That's, like, that's how it is. <laughs> it's fucked up, right? That's that. I feel like breaking needs to. I've been oh, talking shit. about this for a few years actually, yeah. but I feel that breaking needs to start creating its its like standards in terms of 100%, pro and amateur. Hundred percent. Because bro. you got guys that have been in the game, and there's the ones that are always gonna advance yeah. because of the experience they have and yeah. the knowledge they have in the dance, right? Yeah. They're more than likely to advance over a young up-and-comer guy that has a, a that doesn't have yeah. his form yet, right? Yeah, for sure. But we're having to sit through 500 competitors to figure out the top 32 guys that are already you already well, know who it's going to be. It should be at least age. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it should be age or it should be like experience, right? Like, have you at least have won at least 15 to 20 tournaments in your career and have now like, you qualify for these tournaments? Yeah, exactly. But they don't want to do that Why because. Not? Dudes ain't ready no, you know, to There's nobody that's doing it. Yeah, well, until it gets done, then everyone will start following. I feel them. like I need to like present it to one of these 100%. promoters that I know because yeah, a lot of the times you're basically you know you have 400 contestants and only maybe 50 or 60 are qualified or top contenders that could probably win the tournament on any given day, right? Yeah, yeah. It depends whose day it is. Yeah. And the other 300 and like 70 guys are just there to fill time and space and support which is cool we needed the money to go to door, but they need to create a tournament for those guys so they can start getting their shine on yeah and also it's bad for you guys yeah. the veterans because you're like yo they, there's no real competition it sounds bad but there's not I, I, yeah. I, my skill level right yeah, yeah. i mean it is where it's like having eminem just yeah, yeah. A, a, a rap battle today and fucking yeah that's, you know, that's what it is you can't do that you're a beast bro you gotta let these motherfuckers breathe <laughs> that's what i'm saying if, uh, yeah that, i'm with you on that but that's not where breaking is at right now you know? rockstar needs to write rules <laughs> seriously to, yeah. just write them out and then just you know i think you can get it started uh, look i'm all i've been kind of debating 
Well, I've been looking into it, and then I'm all supporting for uh, kind of like they have the, the writers guild and they yeah. have actors guild. There should be a rappers guild, right? and yeah, I know yeah. it's difficult to enforce, but you pay fees, and we'll make sure you get this. You make, you know, like there should be yeah, some yeah. kind of union. I feel, yeah, yeah. you know, 100, uh, percent just to avoid situations like that, and you don't get taken advantage of. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure, right? All that kind of stuff. Of course, yeah, that's the tricky part, you know. So yeah, yeah that's uh, that's the part that's hard because you know, like um, breaking. The beauty, of, the beauty of breaking sometimes is that you could have the, the Cinderella story, like some random dude entering and just like surprising everybody, right? Yeah. Which is what the beauty of it is, it is now, but it's so far, like in this generation, I feel like it's harder to find that Cinderella story. Mm. You know, like they'll come out every now and then, but for the most part, it's like certain dudes will always pretend, you know? It'll always so, be the same people. Yeah, it'll always be the same people. Okay. You know, so yeah. it's like, I think, and also that also turns away people because they're like, Psh, I feel like I killed it and I didn't, this guy fucking just did this, this, and this, and he made it. Right. But it's like, yo, this guy has experience and has knows what he's doing yeah. and he's being original and there's certain little things that stand out that the other kids don't understand yet, right? Yeah. But I feel like those kids need to have their own platform where, which for me, would be the amateur category where let them build their names in those circuits. 100%. And then once they win those certain amount of tournaments, they should be allowed to enter the 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 pro considered it just seems it's easier you know? to just funnel through people that way yeah yeah all right we'll, we'll look into it we'll look into it we'll see <laughs> maybe maybe i'll start finally speaking up about it and presenting it to people because it needs to happen that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying okay so uh uh you're you're going to brazil you said yeah and you're judging i'm judging right. yeah. what kind of celebrity status does that give someone i don't know i, I don't i don't view myself i don't view the shit i do as, as that right i mean yeah i have respect upon my peers and my community kind of understands who i am and respects me and they see what i do as like i guess you could say i've been uh sort of in the forefront and one of the first to be at this level of profession like being sponsored and being able to do what i do at this level in terms of consistency uh, on all fronts, right? right, like right the right. endorsement, the battles, the yeah. judging, the teaching. Like, it's new, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, you get treated, you know, you get free flight, you get put up, food, you get fees. Uh, I mean, you do, you get treated like an artist, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, it's dope. But, so, but it very much in the B-Board world, people know who, who yeah. rocks it. And also, I mean, like, I'm, I'm talking about because I look at your social media numbers and they're, they're fucking hot girl good. <laughs> they're, like, they're like banging chick numbers, bro. They're not. They're not bad. What is yeah, it like? Yeah. What do you at sixty-eight thousand or something? Uh, like, yeah, even not, like, yeah. Just, just suck Instagram. Man. That's yeah. that's a, that's a, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's dope. But uh, you've also so you, has it opened any other doors that you might want to go through? Uh, with social media? No, no, no. Be, uh, be, you know, just uh, breaking. You know, like does that opportunities to like act or whatever. Like, does it? Uh, no. Nah, I mean, the, you know, I. I think there is more opportunities that present itself, you know, like with, with, with social media. I think it's what you put out, right? Like right now I'm the B-boy. So it's like, I'm just, that's all I can share is my knowledge, my understanding, my approach to breaking and try to inspire kids to, to pursue what they do to that level, right? Um, yeah, I've gotten opportunities with Puma. Um, you know, uh, who else have I done stuff for? Uh, well, the Adidas jersey release thing that I did as well, like the collabo with Red Bull and Adidas. Uh, stuff like that. I mean, it helps validate, like you know, when you get your numbers are up, like that helps you like look more legit in, yeah, in, in, in what you do, right? Yeah. But I mean, I'm not into, uh, you know, for me, I'm pretty. I don't know. I, I try to just be honest with myself, and, and and I guess what I look at is like I'm not an actor. I never will be an actor. 
So if, if you know, I'm not gonna go to auditions. If, if if Hollywood wants to come to me, they can come holler. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what I'm made for. I mean, there's that's gonna be a movie where they go, well, we need a real b-boy to do this. <laughs> okay, well, what do we got? Oh, hey, this kid has a bunch of followers. This kid, okay, go. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got you guys in Hollywood that already get those bookings. You know, like yeah. they go to the auditions, they go through the process of getting the job. So and you're not. I'm not a part of that. You're no, not interested. No, I mean, I'm interested if they hit me up directly. Shit, I'll be like, yeah, man, you know, but. I'm not gonna go out of my way to be like, oh, let me go to the Hollywood real quick to try and get this gig. Like, nah, that's not that's not me. And you I, haven't had to do that. Nah, because I have to create my own lane. Right. right you know, so. and and that's kind of with like the endorsement with the Red Bull BC One team that I helped create. Like, all that I, I've been able to kind of like maneuver myself and find ways to find a different source of of, of being an artist in breaking. Right. Like, I'm not in the background. I am the artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. backup dancing for nobody. I'm mm-hmm. breaking for Rocks Right. Rocks mm-hmm. Right's coming to South America to be Rocks Right. Yeah, right? Yeah. So that's how I look at it. And that's yeah. kind of how I was raised. And that's in a way, that's the Bay Area mentality. You know what I mean? The land of the independent artists. You know, 100%. Mac Dre. Yeah. You know, all these guys that, you know, are in the in E40. They're all like they self invented. They invented their, hustle, created yeah. their own self. So yeah. it's like growing up in that environment and seeing that and being influenced from that mindset. And then having mentors like Gremlin, who had his own shit, was his own artist. Then it's like I got influenced by that. And it's not to take away from people that choose to be in Hollywood or in the industry. Like, you know, if you could do that and that's who you are, then there's not, I can't knock it either, you know. But right. for me and, and who I am, it's like I had to be real with me. And it's like I never acted. Uh, I can't turn it on just like that when it's like, okay, I need you on an audition. I need you to be like, your fucking rap video and like you're about to kill it and it's like that's not me so I had to be honest with myself and yeah. it's not in my character maybe I need to step out of myself a little bit more and kind of like push my, my boundaries a bit more and kind of yeah. you know be a little bit outside the box and what I'm comfortable in but yeah I haven't been able to do that so yeah. I'm gonna just try and go my own way and Dope. create my own shit as you should <laughs> yeah. as you should yeah. as someone who's not, who's trying to who's building a brand for themselves. It's important to be like, yo, this is what I'm bringing. This is what I want to be known for. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Instead of like submitting to what people will pay for. Well, I want to create something for you guys. That's artistry. Yeah, yeah. I'm with it. Before yeah. we do our final segment, I had a couple questions because I don't feel, in hip hop, we don't talk about a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, I talk about a lot of it and the rest of hip hop just <laughs> chooses to ignore it. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk yeah. about religion and we don't talk about health. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about regiment for a b-boy. Of your caliber, yeah, right? yeah. Are we strictly like, yo, no carbs? Blah, blah, or yeah, you how, go how we your seasons. I mean, there's people that are more strict than me, right? Like for me, you know, when I did, when I won the BC one, the world final, the like the biggest one I won in the world, the Red Bull BC one in Russia. I won it. I was the oldest competitor to ever win it at that point. I was 29 years old. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's like to do that at that time, I had to change my whole view on shit. Like up to that point, yeah, I had been a little more conscious on what I, what I was eating. But that wasn't, you know, I didn't even start changing my diet until I was like 25, 26. Really? So you, well, yeah, you had a metabolism and you were dancing. Yeah, the rest yeah, all the time, you know, yeah. It. But yeah. so had I been more conscious at an earlier age, I would have benefited from that sure. into my mid-20s, right? So at 26, I started like being a little more like aware. Like, oh, shit, I got to be careful with what I'm eating because I wasn't able to execute certain moves I was able to do in my sleep at this point I was struggling to do certain moves that I felt like I should have been able to do that you have done that I had done for years right so up till I was like 25, 26 I could do anything the way ever I'm gonna connect this here I'm gonna connect that here like you know you're just flowing in and out of your movements without without having to stress or even think about that you might not be able to do it so till that moment it was in a battle in Oakland 
And I did a, I went for a move that I know I could just fucking do with ease. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. What move was it? It's like uh, it's it's one I don't know I can't explain it. It's a move that I actually What's it called? Do. There's no name for it. Ah, it's, it's just a, something that I do. <laughs> okay, and yeah, you've done before. <laughs> yeah, I've done and it for before. some reason you didn't do it. I just it didn't come out, and oh, I was like, whoa, it was yeah. like a wake up call. Yeah. So that from then on, I started uh, eating more. I started becoming more conscious of what I was gonna eat. Right. Mm-hmm. Even then, still all the bad habits I had built up through my youth, leading into my mid twenties, were kind of taking its toll on me. Mm-hmm. Took me another two, three years for me to finally like readjust, you know. So then, in 2000, uh, yeah, 2009 or 2011, when I won the world finals, uh, that year I had already been like kind of that had already been around four years since I started becoming conscious and eating a little bit healthier. But that year, I decided to completely like not drink, mm-hmm. uh, not drink leading up to the event. You mm-hmm. know? So for three months, I had like one drink for three months. I ate more conscious shit, like I was eating more vegetables, more a more vegetarian diet, you know? Yeah. Um, so for three months I carried that and it worked, it paid off, including the regimen of working out consistently, adding workouts to my breaking and not just breaking strictly. Yeah. So I would work out for an hour a day or two hours a day, stretch every day, then practice every day. But it was different levels of practice that I was doing. And that's what got me ready to win, to be able to be ready physically to like do my my best at mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. on that stage, and it paid off. Uh, after that, I started noticing more and more people putting that out there and like working out harder, being more fit, being more like strict, you know. And for me, it was like I just did it for that one event, right? Yeah. And I, it carried over for y- for the next couple of years as well. But you know, yeah, you have to be con- you have to be like strict with what you're doing because at this point in breaking it's not just some shit that like in the 90s where it's like this is my hobby i'm just i'm just fucking dope with it i'm gonna go out and just rock like it's not like that no more you want to be able to look fresh through every round that you're dropping on the floor you don't want to look fatigued you want to look fast you want to look light you want to you know you know like just for business purposes basically yeah right because you never like you said red bull or puma but you never know who's who's watching and be like yo okay well boom yeah yeah they, exactly. uh, that's perfect exactly what it named yeah, yeah that's made. what we need we need that look we want that guy and he's presenting something like his story is valuable to what we want to present right like market yeah so yeah you can open different doors to different things you do but that's uh yeah, yeah. that's why why here on the mic i'm real charming but also <laughs> i'm just a fucking asshole you know what I'm saying? <laughs> every interview has got to be good because you don't know yeah. otherwise <laughs> that, I'm just like, fuck you guys don't talk to me because uh, you. you don't know who's listening bro you yeah, don't know yeah. who's listening <laughs> um dope dope i'm with that i'm saying i think it's very important to point out to wake the flocks up too that we are determined young people with yeah. dreams and goals and we're we, we, we're committed yeah, yeah, to this culture that has given us the whole lifestyle mentality. Yeah, it us a different way we life. view life different. A hip-hop head views life different. Definitely. And uh, I think what you're doing is is contributing yeah. on the highest. You, you're on the highest level of your element. Thank you. That's 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 hard to do, bro. That's yeah, yeah. you're 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 active in the highest level that the element because you're creating the next level. Trying to, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're pushing you're, it. I'm sure you've done things that no one's done before, right? Or signed certain deals or made certain things that yeah, yeah. no b-boy before has done. So yeah, that's yeah. a new path. That's a new door for the future b-boys. Be like, oh shit. Yeah, we're trying to create a new path. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not even trying. We're just finding ways to like we're setting standards basically in a scene that doesn't really have standards. So it's, it's, you're trying to establish something new, right? God bless B-Boy and, and all that stuff because MC, bro, which is, it does not, it's not, it's not the same. There's no love. They, 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 like you're saying, there's no, 
there's no standard. There's no level. Okay, this is what you're at because everyone can get a recorder, pick up a mic, yeah. download a beat from YouTube, yeah, and yeah. before you know, you go plan them because you know you fuck you know whatever it somebody is. Somebody hears the right. Somebody hears a song, they like it. Maybe Dude, another artist hears it, they pay it for you. It hits closer to home. It's like uh, when I I started this podcast five years ago. Wow. Right, five years ago, no one had a podcast. They didn't know what a podcast was. They didn't understand it. Mm. I was barely understanding it, yeah, yeah. figuring out. And I only had one other person who had done anything with podcasting, which is Adam Carolla. Right, he's one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. He has the most downloaded podcast on the planet. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh dude, he averages I think like uh, it's like eight hundred thousand downloads per episode, and he drops an episode every day. Of the week. Holy shit! Dude, he's a beast. He has the world record. Guinness That's world record up. for the most downloaded podcast on the world. Damn. Him. And that was who I was following. Like, yo, I want to do that, but I want to do it for hip hop. Yeah, I want to yeah. see what I can do. And now, five years later, my, I'm not at the starting point. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah. But there's now anyone can pick up a mic and do a podcast. So yeah. if I'm concept, this little chubby Mexican kid trying to do something dope. <laughs> but uh, let's say, name a rapper. Any rapper. Name any rapper. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Any rapper? Let's, I don't know, Nas. Let's say Nas picks up a mic and goes, I got a podcast now. Yeah. His first episode is going to get a million downloads. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just blow my shit out of the water because <laughs> he didn't have to come up. He earned his it. name in a different way. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it's like celebrities coming in and just the following is just going to listen because of who it is. Just, and it doesn't even have to be good. It's yeah, just yeah. It, the fact that Blank has a podcast now, okay, that means investors are going to go, oh, Nas has one? Okay. Uh, Guayaki T is going to be like, yo, yeah, over, yeah. over concept who's been developing and moving building something yeah, building yeah. Some dope. so it's it's hard to kind of gauge where you're at with numbers and reality yeah yeah so what i did i went to minneapolis for a trip to interview yeah. sway i don't know if you saw yeah, that. yeah that was my big mission yeah yeah but when i got off the plane i got off the plane and i went to this art show that uh, evidence was kind of like just roaming around there yeah i got hit up yo wake the fuck up yo bro i love your shit at Minneapolis. That's what's up. So that's how I knew. I'm like, oh, okay. It, it, the remind because because I'll get updates and be like, yo, there's many people in New Zealand or yeah, whoever yeah. downloaded the podcast. I understand that, but when you physically meet someone far away from yeah. where you're at, to be like, yo, shit's dope, bro. It's like, like you get impact. The impact you have without knowing, right? Like you do something yeah. and you're building something, you don't realize exactly the type of influence or impact it's having on actual people until you go somewhere and, they, and you meet them and they're like, yo, I've been watching your shit since yeah. like '98. You're like, yeah. what? Like. That, and that has happened to you yeah, all, the, yeah. all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. People always come like, yo, bro, I'm the kind of stuff following you. You're my yeah, favorite. Yeah. Okay, dope. So there's no real way of gauging it of what I'm trying to do specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that breaking still has heart. There's still, it's still some pure because yeah, yeah. not everyone can. Yeah, of course. And it's that's a hard the, dance. Again, again, it's the beautiful <laughs> part is be like, no, just all you do is just watch. Yeah. And obviously, <laughs> this person's better than this one. That's what I love. And I think like, Graffiti and breaking and DJing are dope, but I, but breaking in particular takes a lot of physical determination. Yeah. So, so when you someone's good, you know they're good because they practice. They're yeah, at yeah. home. It takes time. They, yeah. There's there's a certain respect to that person. Yeah. On a physical aspect level, the, the commitment. Then yeah. there is someone that just raps or checks a beat and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's a hard. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah, definitely. I mean, if you see a b-boy and especially a b-boy that has established themselves in the game for years, is like. It you takes a lot up. of time, and yeah. you know, a lot of people give up, you know, because a lot of people that try it, they'll try it, but then it's like, oh, this is too hard. So they go to other dances that they feel they can pick up better, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, breaking is a fucking hard dance, and it's yeah. the dance that doesn't lie. Yeah. So if you whack, you whack. And if you, <laughs> you know, you can, you can hide your skill by doing certain tricks and shit, but 
like the real cats will know. Well, recognize yeah. it. Yeah. Either someone yeah. that will see me, who see me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now let's get into the final segment of the show. Mm-hmm. It's something I like to call twelve rounds. Yeah. So the way it works is I'm going to ask you twelve questions. Yeah. Each more difficult than the last question. If you answer all twelve questions honestly, you're the champion. You go home with the belt. Wait the fuck <laughs> a belt. Shit. If you cannot answer the question, or yeah. you will not answer the question, you will be knocked out. It's a boxing match, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm the champion, and I get that hat. <laughs> you ready to play, Rock? Sure. You willing? You ready? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Round number one. What is your favorite part about your craft? My favorite part about my craft is the creative, the challenge, like being able to stay consistent and the challenge of always pushing forward, you know, never settling, never being con- content like it's always going to challenge you to, to move forward and 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 rise above so to stay current stay current yeah Dope. stay relevant round number two what is your least favorite part about your craft my least favorite would be um all the complaining <laughs> explain what do you mean like just fools bitching about everything in the scene like if when somebody's on or something's happening everybody that's not on is complaining for the ones that are on so they're not supportive like, the player haters the haters, yes. The haters, too. Yes, yes. Okay. Round number three, what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Uh, I'm most proud of, of uh, helping people change their life, you know, like actually having impact on, on, on a human level. Yeah. And not just uh, because of, you know, being like this person that people per- perceive me as, but actually like being able to go to these places and see the impact that mm-hmm. to me that's like the highest level of yeah. what I've done besides like the titles and all that shit like well being, the titles are just a reflection of yeah, that yeah yeah a reflection right? of that yeah. and they're a result it's the journey, of that not, not the dis- no, not destination dude you're not the first person to tell me that <laughs> because I'm yeah. very frustrated because in my mind I have a destination that I think I should be at yeah. and I guess I'm just it's just ego and they're like yo but you done this and you do this like yeah. relax like it's gonna you know just it's a weird thing to exp- to wait though for the destination though, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it is. You gotta go for it. You know, you gotta chase it. You gotta. Yeah. I mean, the end goal is to get there, right? But that's there's still a process in between all that. You gotta maneuver your way to it. And you and then not knowing what the destination is. Sometimes is the you hardest might not part. reach it. You might reach different destinations that are maybe equivalent to what you were trying to reach. Mm. You know I what like I mean? That. Yeah, no doubt. Round number four. What are you least proud of? What am I least proud of? Damn. <laughs> Uh, some of the sacrifices I've made. You wish you hadn't done them? I just, they were, uh, it's more like, uh, you know, l- like losing people, in, not like in life, but like, you know, losing people in life that you felt like were like good friends or something, you know, and you weren't around enough to like support them and so help them. So I sat with, you know, Slug from Atmosphere. I think so. I'm sure with Slug. And yeah. Slug tells me, he has a great line where he says, sacrifice takes parts in grabbing mics. Yeah. And it stuck with me, mm-hmm. right? And I asked him about it and he goes, well, you know, it's going to cost you good friendships. It's yeah. going to cost you maybe someone you could have married. It's going to yeah. cost you this certain job or something. And those are the sacrifices that are hurt because like you feel for the person you're not friends with no more. You know, yeah, yeah. But the sacrifices are necessary, like you're saying, to get to the destination and there's something driving you that's saying well it's not that they're not worth it but this might be worth more than than all of this than all of this right and you don't you'll never know 
Yeah, you will never know because you, you, you chose yeah. this or that person chose something else, right? At the so. end, you'll never really know unless you make it to whatever it is you're going. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are you saying? You just wish it could have been different. So yeah, maybe done some, more in some something. situations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, you yeah. know. Round number five. I don't know how this will work for you, but maybe it will. How would, uh, if you could collaborate with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? In what? In dance? Yeah, I'm just saying, like in your life or. Sure, I mean, life? well, collaboration, I would love to collaborate with, uh, do something with uh, Nas because that's like my biggest influence outside of breaking. Yeah, Nas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, like, well, yeah, like I have you thought of, about it? Like, like, I don't know, like a video or something. It would be dope because it's just like uh, his music has had like a big influence and the way that he's kind of crafted his career is like that influenced the way I, I kind of approach my career, like mm. my approach to breaking in terms of. He wasn't so much in the limelight all the time. It's like he comes in, shows up, leaves, yeah, shows yeah. up, leaves, and that's kind of But delivers. Exactly. Then he'll drop like Illmatic and just leave for like two years. And everyone's yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. kind of how I've been yeah. approaching my, my breaking. Dope. Dope. Okay, not. Uh, round number six. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Shit. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, you know, being an immigrant is failure. You know, like... To fail, obviously, you learn from your failures, but to completely give up on something, that's, like, where I feel like that's the biggest fear is, like, giving up completely on something. Like, for if I one day I just say, oh, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to quit, like, oh, this is not going to go anywhere, right? Like, you just kind of, like, give up completely on something that you set yourself up to and you just fail at it, like, or quit at it. Like, that's, like, what I'm scared of. And you're faced with those situations sometimes in your career. Mm. You know, like, you'll be, you'll, you'll be, you'll face moments where you have to quit something that you don't want to quit but it's necessary to quit that you know where you're at or maybe you started a project and you're like this is uh, I wanna so your biggest wanna... fear is uh not seeing something through yeah and it's just general in general, yeah, general. yeah round number seven who would you take a bullet for a bullet for um my family anybody in your family you take a bullet for them? my brother like my immediate family yeah my parents brothers yeah cool yeah. Round number nine. Who would you let that bullet hit? Who? Hold on. So I'm not saying I'm not saying there's a I'm not saying you shoot someone. So I'm saying I'm saying Rob shoot. I'm saying there's a bullet flying through the sky. You're just not gonna sweat it if dude gets it. You're not gonna you know go you know protect. Who would just you be okay with that bullet? Just like some racist asshole. No one in particular though. No, no one. Okay. Anyone that's racist on any level? Yeah. Okay. All right. I respect that. Round number ten. Last three, you're doing pretty good, but I got you. I think I got you at least. Round number ten. Do you believe in God? Uh I believe in a higher power. What does that mean? Higher energy. Are you talking like an energy or, or is it not not like a being that's like Not a being no. You think it's just energy just is? That's a tricky one. I, I mean yeah, I just think that, you know, I don't know. I believe in a higher power in terms of like a higher being not higher being per se but like there's more to life than just this right sure so it's like i would say just the universe itself with like the energies that come and go like you know it's like karma right like karma is like part of the i think karma is a part of just reality that yeah. we don't get to yeah part because you of, don't physically see you don't it physically see but it, i think but it's very much i mean it's present but then yeah. i know a lot of bad people that are doing really good 
So yeah, course, at the same time, I, I don't. Uh, eventually, well, I don't know. I don't know. Some people. Jay Z still popular, bro. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I Tom mean, of the creator still rapping. I wouldn't, bro, I wouldn't so say I that it's karma itself, but you know what I mean. Like those type of energies, like that's like. You attract, you know. I get yeah. it. Okay, <clears throat> round eleven. What is your biggest insecurity? My biggest insecurity. What are you most insecure about? Shit. Uh, shit. My insecurity is sometimes. Uh, I would say uh, sometimes what I do. Like, you know, I feel like I'm insecure sometimes when I when I speak about what I do because I feel like people look at me like I'm a kid still. So to present that I to hear, like, I hear you. so I hear so you. like for example, like for example, say like, <laughs> no, I go on a date. I, I can see, it. I can definitely see. It. Oh, what do you do? I'm oh, a, I'm a paralegal. What do you do? Well, I'm a, I'm a nurse's assistant. What do you do? Oh, I mean, what do you do? I, uh, I, what do you say? What do you say? Yeah, yeah, I just say it? I'm an independent contractor. I'm self-employed. <laughs> I say I'm self-employed. I can't even oh, yeah. say I've given up no, on saying that I break sometimes, you know, because I feel like sometimes it's like you get. I mean, it doesn't really fucking matter in the end, but I'd rather not go into the subject because then I have to go deep but into the it. But the second question must got to be for who or doing what? Like, well, for myself. <laughs> How, you can't be an independent contractor <laughs> no, for just, yourself. I'd say like uh, <laughs> Red Bull. And it's like, oh, cool, you know. And then that's the, and they figure out sales or something division or, or something. like some kind of shit. Really? Yeah. You don't, you don't. I try not to. I avoid it sometimes because it's just like, um, yeah, sometimes you feel insecure because then it's just like, Oh, what are you gonna do when you can't do that no more? And it's like, well, I don't know. What the fuck are you gonna do when you can't do that? No, you like, it just carries into a point. For me, sometimes I feel like it's a pointless conversation that people don't really care to know about, but <laughs> they just have a fucking. Uh, they just want to talk to you about whatever yeah. it is you do because it, it's like a topic. And it's, I feel like I don't, I don't judge, I don't ask people what they do. You yeah. know, like unless we're in hip hop, it's like, oh, what do you like? Then it's like, well, what do you, do you rap yeah, like yeah, the yeah. DJ? Then it's different, but. I'd rather like talk to the person as a person than than more than like oh you know because I feel yeah. like it's such a standard in society to just be like oh what do you do and it's like oh I well you know for it, myself and say, it's cool let's say but you got a coffee going you want to know hey so what do you do for a living you know it's, it might I, come I think up it dep- it yeah of course it'll come up but I think it depends on the person and how it comes up right how the situation the situation the environment yeah. like if it's somebody maybe I talked to before but we never really discussed yeah. it then yeah we can carry into that conversation but and if, if it's a chick you're gonna say break it right. If eventually <laughs> no eventually it, <laughs> yeah. it can carry into that you know well so. i'm just saying you're trying to pick her up it's gonna it's gonna come up yeah right? I, t- I try to avoid it sometimes oh really then, yeah yeah what oh dude that's that's got to be a panty chopper <laughs> i guess for some it is i just try not to use it <laughs> okay i'd rather it be for yeah. me sure like, your good I, looks gotta get going i'd rather it be for your personality and who you are as yeah. a person uh-huh. because if you know i mean i felt like i've dealt with people that yeah like do you, you know, have a like uh, you know they have like uh, like rodeo bunnies and groupies and groupies shit. Yeah, there's groupies and shit. What yeah, are they called? What are they called? What is groupies? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's b-boy groupies. Of course, yeah. Oh man. shit. So, uh, the thing yeah. is, I don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, like if I meet somebody, I'd rather like that person know me as me, yeah. as Omar, or you know, and say if I say rocks, it's like yeah, this is who I am. But yeah. I don't necessarily go into it right away and be like, oh look, I break dance, like I'm good at this. What shit. are you like, trying to avoid? I just want to avoid like certain people that I don't know I'd rather just know the person that is like as a person than to be like um, some people are funny they're about statuses mm. and that shit matters to people right and if for me I'm not necessarily looking at a woman as like oh what are you doing where are you, like where are you at in your shit like 
I'd rather meet somebody as like the person that they are, and if yeah. I connect with them on yeah. that level, then uh-huh. yeah, well, then we can start talking about what it is each other do, mm, okay. and then if from there, if that's still you something of interest, then you, cool. You're so embedded in what you do that I think it's a very personal thing to tell someone, oh, this is what I do. I yeah. think you love what you do so much that it's kind of like, well, you don't deserve to know yet. We don't, we're not at that yeah, level. Yeah, I'd rather just be stage. like the it's bonus, a, like, oh shit, you do that? Like, yeah. The, it, well, cause, yeah, because yeah, automatically, yeah. so if I'm thinking, you know, if someone that hears this is going to be like, oh, this kid's traveling the world. He's just, he's got to be here or he's got to be, and when you, it might not be that for, you know, reality. Yeah. So they're prejudging you, right? They're, and you are right. They look at you like you're a kid because it's like a, it's yeah. a juvenile thing almost. Yeah, yeah, they see it as a... Oh, I used to see that in junior high or kids used to do oh, it Oh, that's school. cute. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's not just that, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, if yeah. I start talking about it right away like that, I guess it's like um, it becomes this thing where it's like, oh, you know, I'd rather just be like... I'd rather not go into that. Yeah, it almost like speaks on maturity and it's kind of weird. Because I've, I've been called immature before. That's what I'm saying. Like, right? some, I can some see like, it. Well, I'm more mature than you and I'm like, what? why? Like, yeah. because you work a real job? Like, yeah. No, 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 I pay no, my no, bills. And, like, and <laughs> I pay let, my taxes. And let's, let's say this. Hold on. There, what? How more, more mature do you want to get than a man that can literally build a career yeah. that hasn't been built before and is like literally doing it on the level that we're doing it, yeah. that you're doing it on? Yeah. That, that's maturity right there. That's understanding your role <laughs> in life. That's, that's a whole lot of process. Yeah, yeah, it's a big process, yeah. I like that. <clears throat> round number 12, last and final round. Thank you for the interview, bro. I really... Yeah, yeah, thanks for having thank me. Thank you for having me out here. It was yeah. good to know you on that on that personal level. Uh, I wish you the best. Not that you need my, my help and wishes, but yeah. No, I always needed that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, do, you're doing the God's... You're going to the Lord's work. You know, hip-hop smiled on you, bro, and I think... Yeah, yeah. I think you're, rec- I think you're recognizing it, and I think that's why it's going so good for you. You treat it the way it should be treated, with care, with caress and 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 you know uh, respect to the culture. Yeah. So the culture smiling back at you. Thank you. Keep man. doing what you're doing, man. I'm very proud of you, dude. This is fucking awesome. Last and final round, round twelve. Why? Why? I break. I just want to know why. <laughs> I want to know your why. Okay, my why is um, it is uh, I felt like it's it chose me. You know, it's like it was my calling in a way. And, you know, before breaking, I was very athletic. I liked sports, but I could never afford to play any of that shit. Right. Like I was poor, we were poor, fucking poor as fuck growing up. So breaking was that one outlet that could let me be something within my community or create my own identity. Right. It's like being an immigrant. You are either not Mexican enough for the Mexicans, but you're not american enough for the americans right I because you. i hear you you're lost in between a world of language yeah and culture yeah and hip-hop is the one thing that i felt like gave me an identity and a place in society um you know as as, as i got into it more and more um so why i represent it is because it's what i truly love mm-hmm. and it's something that i fell in love with and and i feel like it truly represents me and it speaks to me uh, along with the people that did it. You know, when I first started, when I look back at it now, the reason I think it connected with me more is the kids that were doing it were just like me. They were Mexican, poor mm. kids that, you know, come from the same neighborhoods I grew up in. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that called me. And and as I got into it more and more, you know, I realized, like, I just indulged in it like, completely. Like, my world was breaking. And it just, this is all I know, you know. This is what I've been doing. And I didn't get an education with this. Like, there's no college degree that can you know teach what i know right 
like yeah. you know i don't know there's just so much value in it so what i think is super cool like, about about what you do is that there's no like you're saying there's no previous person that's like done it that way yeah and you're kind of making history as you pick up these you know to you you're probably too close to it to realize right yes yeah, it's, it, it's a fine like, yeah, you know, you <laughs> but but if uh, what, what i love about what i do is that i get to view hip-hop in a way that nobody else gets to view it yeah yeah from the outside being inside and not wanting to be i don't want to be one of the guys that i interview yeah, yeah. i want to i want to take notes yeah yeah and, and then in the future be able to present it to the future of hip-hop yeah or the, 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 uh, and then you know this is what blank thought at this moment in time like kind of like document it yeah yeah so what i what i'm seeing is what well, as i go through your instagram page which is amazing first of all like wow thanks man. that you this dude that you know you get to do all these amazing things and you've earned all of them and again because no one can sign to your cousin can't sign you to a contract blah, blah, blah. Yeah. it's like yo he, this kid physically earned every single <laughs> one of these accolades that yeah. has to be something you got to hang your hang up hang hat up on man it's thank you it's it i like saying no one's doing it on the level and for you to keep doing it you are you obviously found what life has in store yeah. for you yeah it shows uh yeah it just yeah. found me you know and yeah. it just I decided to just once I got into it and fell in love with it more and more. It's just like, well, yeah. you know, one thing led to the next, next yeah. to the next. But just the art itself is, I guess, why? Just the idea of like constantly challenging yourself. Dope, dope. So thank you again for the interview. Yeah, definitely. Thank Absolutely. you for having me. Let's walk around San Diego for a little bit. Let's I'm go. Stretch my legs. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for telling a friend about the show. Make sure you guys check us out: Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud. We're out there, baby. Wake the flock up. Peace. Now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network.